edge closer and closer to Christmas Eve, even as the days get shorter and shorter due to the uh, vernal equinox? No, that's spring. Autumnal? No, the winter solstice. I think it's uh, the James Varnal uh, equinox. (laughs) Hey, Vernal equinox. (laughs) Look, I'm Matt Gorley. I'm Paul Rust, and you're blowing my mind that he says, hey, Vern, to Jim. Hey, Vern is said by Jim Varney. We found the biggest closeted narcissist of all times there, all this time in The Sweetest Man. Right before our eyes from from a piece of human sugar that is Jim Varney as as Ernest. I guess we'll find out when we cover Ernest Scared Stupid is one of our scary movies someday. Oh, uh, or the Ernest Legacy. The P. Worrell legacy that we can't wait to dive into the franchise. Oh, yeah. And the movie Legacy. That's the one. we've. I've talked about that before with the glass top that slides over the pool and the woman gets trapped in it. Oh, it scared me as a kid. I forgot the title, but I couldn't forget that death. Ooh, scary. <laughs> Speaking of that kind of thing, just to, you know, we like to open some tabs before we even open some tabs. <laughs> My daughter has been grunting in her bassinet all night sometimes, so much so that I've had to move out to the couch because I'm such a light sleeper, but she's been making these noises and it's one of those bassinets that kind of moves and you just hear this, and all I can think about is the poster of It's Alive, of that bassinet with the little hand creeping over. (laughs) Yeah, I, I suppose that like sound would be coming from like a claw hand. I sound definitely from, yeah from your daughter sounds like a claw-handed creature that's making this noise. It is both adorable and harrowing at the same time. <laughs> Listen, this is with Gorley and Rust, the show where we first open a tangent tab before we even tell you that this is the podcast where we talk about mostly horror movies at great length in a cozy, easy listening manner. Oh, well said, Fred. Thanks, Hanks. <laughs> now, uh, listen to the end of the podcast to find out that uh, those aren't our real names. We uh, adjusted them for, for, the, you blew for the pod. It. You, you blew it. Oh, uh, Gorley, I am so stoked. Tomorrow, you and I, uh, now this doesn't necessarily mean it's getting released tomorrow, but we're doing something very special, aren't we not? Are we oh not? yeah. Now, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you know that we you get regular monthly episodes that are mailbag episodes and film commentary episodes, although sometimes we swap out those film commentary episodes for special episodes like the Cozy Awards, the Cozy Bracket. Mm-hmm. This time, which will come out on, let me just check here, it'll be December 21st, for, so just in time for Christmas, Patreon listener and subscriber... Friend of the show, comic book writer extraordinaire Matt Fraction will be joining us wow. for 
a slasher draft movie draft episode. Mark McConville will be moderating. If you're not a subscriber to Patreon, I I don't I don't know what to say. Gorley, I got goosebumps, and and it's part from the excitement of the 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 idea, but also the chills of the slashers. Oh yeah. So I mean, the general idea is the three of us are going to draft pick certain elements of a slasher film, including the killer, the final girl, other categories, trying each of us to create the best ultimate slasher of all time. (laughs) And then I think once we have that, we'll take a little break and try to title it and describe the film. And you, the Patreon, can can vote on who's got the most... Who's a slasher's greenlit, essentially? Yeah, essentially, 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 they have the power of the green light, and they can say yay or slay. Yay or slay? You can suck at Project Greenlight. This is Project Red Light for blood. As we're talking about uh, different uh, Christmasifications on words, uh, also that are scary. uh, I was. Thinking with this, uh, with this, these scary Santa movies we watch. Mm-hmm. Now there's psychos and there's Santas. So there's uh, psycho Santa movies. I'm trying, just trying to think of the oh. subgenre title. What about just P S Y A N T A? Santas. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It really is. It only works if you see it visually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect title, though. You see it emblazoned on a marquee. You're bringing you go, your what? date to a movie on a Friday or Saturday night. That's one of those like portmanteaus that not only do you not rec- recognize the two individual elements, that it actually erases. So you're, you're <laughs> actually left more at sea than if you were just to, to use the two original things. Yeah. And like essentially advertising or posters even or video boxes, whatever, or you're scrolling on your Apple TV, like <laughs> it shouldn't like go by and then like 20 seconds later in your car, you're like, Oh, I get it. You know, like it should be. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Uh, psycho, psycho, <laughs> just, Pisanta, I'd like to free you from that. Whatever you were headed before. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then a little bit more business. And this time I think I need to make an apology. I think I need to bear my soul. What? Yeah, I think it's time for me to get real here because part of our duty here for those people that subscribe to Patreon at the baby xenomorph level, which is that they get their name read on the podcast. And I've been remiss in doing that, partially just because we got a little behind, partially also because I had a daughter and things got hectic. But also, I realized that when we are reading those lists of names, the way Patreon organizes them is not always um, reliable because it it refreshes things as to when people subscribe and drop down levels. So it's really hard to track consistently who the the baby xenomorphs are at the current moment, other than just at the current moment. So what we're going to do is, well, first we're going to, at the end of this episode, read those remaining baby xenomorph names. And ask a plea that if you have not had your name read, mm-hmm. just email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. And on the next episode, we'll read your name so that everybody's getting their money's worth. We hear it with Gorley and Rust. We hear you. Yeah. And I want to thank Nick yeah. Foxlow who reached out and, and mentioned you, that Foxlow. and give him a special name read so that yeah. he's, he's 
covered. And I'm going to do that in the sultriest voice possible. Actually, maybe you should, Paul, because you're, you've got a little bit of a chest cold, right? So you've probably got a sexier voice than me. Yeah. I get really sexy with the chest colds. Yeah. So his name is Nick Foxlow. So however you want to do it, I don't want to tell the artist how to create. Yeah. And, um, and Matt will also let me say, you know, it's very kind and thoughtful, uh, per usual of you to, to apologize. But hey, man. There's two people who host this podcast. Like the the fact that that responsibility would go on you oh, is not. No. It's my duty. It's no. We no, know, but I mean, you, I handle that administration stuff. I I can't I can't let listeners. Paul is not to blame here. It's a little like uh, if 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 you're the person who's uh, in a marriage responsible to get the potatoes. <laughs> To get the big bag of potatoes for the for the months eaten, and somebody forgets and they go, I'm sorry. They get them every month. Yeah, and then maybe a month and a half goes by with without potatoes, and then they're like, I'm sorry. I've just it's life got in the way of getting the potatoes. Well, it's nice to apologize, but come on, it was kind of that you were getting potatoes all those other months. Well, I just want everyone to have potatoes. <laughs> That's good. It's uh yes, it's important. Okay. To eat potatoes. Take it away. Wait, you've got to read his name though, or else all this is in vain. Oh, 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 uh in in my chest cold voice? Yeah. Oh my god. The pressure. I thought I was doing it. <laughs> you just got so nervous. Uh say the name. I'm sorry, Matt. Say his name. The name is Nick Foxlow. Nick Fox. Low. Wow, Nick. That I know was, you had to wait a long time to get your name read, but if that wasn't worth your baby xenomorph money, I mean, that's the finest name reading we've had so far. That's not just potatoes. That's ranch fried potatoes. That was less sexy and more like Gozer. <laughs> With the little Shana, nah. <laughs> deep, 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 Nick, 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 Fox Low. <laughs> All right. Is there any other business here? We should do all names doo-wop. I know. Maybe we will this time. Actually, to make up for the people, we'll have some fun today. We'll do some doo-wop names. Yeah. That's because uh, I know that's uh, what This you're doesn't after. necessarily go under the category of sexy audio, although it could be for some people. But as podcasts become, people listen to more and they become more sophisticated. I really like when I hear what just happened in that moment where you kind of moved your face away from the mic and I heard a little off mic voice that wasn't necessarily mm. because you're talking to somebody else. You're just like, you're doing something. And so the, I, I dig it. Yeah. It's spatial audio. You know how Apple's new headphones have spatial audio where it's no, like revolving around your head. How? That's what it is. Like you have I, a, like a, a reverse, um, uh, Lando's friend. Oh, Lobot? <laughs> Lando's friend. No, it's just a Lobot. It's just a <laughs> Lando's friend Lobot. It goes around your head so you hear it at all times. Lando's friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, what else would it be? Lobot! <laughs> of course. But I think he is Lando's friend. I, I think he's some kind of cyborg, but it, I mean, probably if we're being honest... Lando has to have a cyborg be his friend because nobody else wants to. Well, I guess I'm glad I didn't say, like, Lando's uh, assistant. I think he is more of an assistant. Yeah. Uh-oh. Sorry, Lobot. 
<laughs> if you're listening, Lobot, my my apologies. Dip dip Lobot. <laughs> dip 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 Lobot. All right, we are here with the third in our Tis the Mini season of Christmas Horror Classics. Um, uh, we've covered uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then Jack Frost, not the Michael Keaton version. <laughs> and now on to Christmas Evil. And do we just want to, I just want to general thought this out of the gate that I don't even know if this is a good movie. But compared to the last two, I I did feel like I was watching Lawrence Arabia of the Christmas slasher movies. Well, just that the yes, that's really. I don't think it was good, but no, I, in I, relative I, sense, yeah, I would say so far these movies uh, have been uh, overall ho ho horrible, <laughs> but. Uh, ye, this one was better than the last two, if only because it was, say it with me, less toxic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> More boring, less toxic. Uh, yeah. But I was kind of up for the bore. I don't know why. I guess it's the, it's it's kind of like not quite a slasher movie. It's almost like, does it think it's a slow building drama? Yeah, is this portrait of a... Santa Claus. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a little bit more uh, uh, taxi driver or something. Or yeah, yeah. What what would bring a man to the brink to become a Santa Claus? Yeah, Pas- yeah. We saw it, and we- of all people, Fiona Apple's dad. Yes, that's it's- right. A come again. Uh, that's right, Harry from this movie. Is the actor is Fiona Apple's father? Matt, there are so few <laughs> moments nowadays where you get to have your mind blown. Yep, hearing a piece of trivia because you think I've been there, done that. Wow, I did not know that. And the guy who plays Mr. Grosh, the new like executive, come to town uh-huh. is is Frank from Succession. Do you watch Succession? Uh, I'm not, uh, I, I haven't, I'm not watching it, but. Well, then this one will blow your mind a little less than the other. Well, one, but, but I was, my mind is blowing for the people who so many people watch and love succession. So for them right now, they're probably going. <laughs> Somewhere out there is someone whose favorite TV show succession and favorite musician is Fiona Apple and his, and favorite movie is. Um, this one and, and favorite but they didn't podcast is <clears throat> with uh, Billy and Rust. Well, there's got to be that person somewhere. Oh wait, it's me. And me? <laughs> wow! Yeah, so uh, I mean, just I right not, out of the gate, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. I, I did not know that. Uh, wow! I don't know how I'm going to recover from that <laughs> trivia. Well, bomb. take your time. We'll get you through it. Uh, oh, oh! Uh, I also wanted to say, uh, um, because we haven't uh, uh, been able to in the first uh, two episodes here, uh, mm-hmm. but hey, happy Hanukkah! Oh yeah, happy Hanukkah! Happy all holidays to all peoples. Happy holidays! Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, my wife and uh, daughter are both Jewish, so we're That's celebrating right. uh, Hanukkah right now. We're in in the right oh, in the yeah. middle of Hanukkah. What are, what what day are you about to go night into? 
uh, we're on night four. Wow. Yeah. Hump uh, day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah hump that's day. Right. <laughs> Hanukkah hump day. <laughs> um, but uh, that it does not. Uh, there's no Hanukkah in uh, Christmas Eve at all. I wouldn't want there to be. No. Yeah. No. It's uh, Christmas bears the needs to bear the uh, burden of these horrible movies. The other holidays do not deserve these movies. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, they 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 were able to in their early uh, uh, bite at the slasher apple. Got Christmas Evil. They got it. They were in the in the I, great land rush of slasher movie. You titles. mean the title? You mean yeah, yeah. But it was originally called Better Watch Out. Oh, there's some. Yeah, this movie's confusing because there's other cuts. Like, well, IMDb has it at coming out at 1980, but I watched it on Shutter, and I think Shutter has it at 79. And it was originally called Better Watch Out. I don't know why the title changed and i believe there's a remake called better watch out but i don't even know if it's remaking this movie uh look matt i could only get so far matt do you think fiona apple creates such groundbreaking singular app uh uh, uh albums from each album to album because she was so like affected by the confusion of different cuts and alternate titles of her dad's oh, movie. Just like her dad as a character was confused by her, his dad dressing up and caressing his mom's thigh as Santa. With, with a garter belt. <sighs> and anything I'll tell you, goes nowadays. The kinkiest thing in that whole household is that they leave out a basin of water and a big bar of soap for Santa Claus. I've never seen that, that- before. Oh my God! What a delight that was <laughs> on screen. It reminded me of a. Uh, uh, it, it was like a priesty priests do that, like before they handle. Oh the yeah, host and stuff and surgeons. Which yes. makes me think, like, did they plan to have some kind of sex, and that's why that? Have you ever heard of Santa being left a full? Like mise en place of ah. ingredients and like prep. Well, I don't know what was going. There was other things in there I couldn't make out, but it almost felt like, oh, here's a like if you want to do some Whitland, here's a wood cord and a knife. Uh, Stay a while. Please, I want people to yes respond and let us know if that has ever been part of the Santa lore. Yeah, plate of oysters to get them turned on. Um. Uh, what the like to get him excited? Well, I mean, if they you figure they've already planned that they're going to do this thing because Dad's staying in the Santa costume and that they're going to role play, so maybe she left him yeah. some oysters. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of a less Santa food than oysters? Well, Gorley, I don't know how things happen where one detail dovetails into the other, but <laughs> I got a story for what? you. What? What? A Santa it, oyster story? Yes, a Christmas what? Eve oyster story. Come on, give it. In fact, multiple Christmas Eve oyster stories. Paul Rust, you dainty devil. Tell, tell. So... My mother, uh, on Christmas Eve, makes a traditional sort of Christmas Eve dinner that we have that we all 
agree upon is the best and we love eating it and uh yeah. we uh, yeah uh so uh she makes this like cheese uh, or not uh, it, it's like a potato potato uh, potatoes a gratin uh no like a soup a po- kind of a oh. potatoey cheddary like just a very delicious I'm not describing it well but it's I got gotcha. you it's very yummy. Uh, uh, so, but if you want to, you can drop a couple oysters in there. Oh, that does sound good. But hey, for a kid, it's like, ooh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But the fun of it was, hey, <laughs> uh, this is a new part of the lore. If if you eat an oyster, if you drop an oyster in your soup and you eat it, what you and make a wish for what you want Santa to bring you, he has to bring it. Like, you are getting that gift. Wait, who made that up? Do you kids or the parents to get you to eat it? And if so, how do they How do they make good on that? Yeah, so my parents didn't care if I ate an oyster in my soup. It was sort of if I wanted to drop it. It was like, I guess they cared to see the entertainment of a kid like be like, ah! <laughs> No way, dude. And my sisters be like, you have to, you'll get your present. So that was just like one more layer of the magical thinking of Santa or whatever was like, you'll get the present. So, but here, I often, most times was like, no, I'm not eating that gross oyster. Uh, and I didn't even really ever taste one. It was just so built up that it was like, oh, look at it. Yeah. So... The two or three times where I did it and I made the wish for the gift I wanted, I got it. So it it did make me think there was a power of the <coughs> oyster on Christmas oh. Eve. Oh my How God. How wild is that that you would That's say that? That's crazy that I would joke about that and then it's real. And then the last part is just there would occasionally be maybe some jokes about mom and dad eating oysters, stuff like and that. And you did, you did, you were like, I don't know what that means, well, but I sense something. It's probably like how I first found out that that was a joke, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, but, uh, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, and garter belts, oysters and garter belts, and washing wow. hands. I mean, I guess you, you, all three are a good thing if you're going to be messing around with all three. I don't know. Uh, I'm just curious, Matt, uh, any um, just sort of overall headline macro thoughts on your experience watching Christmas Evil? Like I said, it was the most pleasant of the three so far. There was a certain charm to this movie. I I think the slow burn, the look of it was kind of nice at times. Like It was like somehow cheap but effective lighting where they would just shine one colored spot on a wall and then up the stairs would be a different colored spot. It actually kind of reminds me I'm watching Get Back, the Beatles documentary and how they would light <laughs> Twickingham Studios, you know, yeah. just with colored spots. I know like when the, yeah, when the mob is chasing him with uh, torches mm-hmm. and as he's running along the hallway, I love the, yeah, the lighting was like gothic and, uh, like German expressionism is wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, I am also watching the Get Back documentary. It's between parts two and three right now. There is, and I'm just like, when I can find the time, the two, like when I can really commit to like two hours, three hours and yeah, watch same. it fully, I uh, 
So I've been having to wait for those times. Me too. And the and I'm between parts two and three, and I thought to myself, no, I can't watch part three and get back. I have to use my time to watch Christmas Evil. Uh. Like, <laughs> get back has just been a mind-blowing experience. I'm watching it thinking, I will be talking about this with people. It's one of those rare things where I'm watching it going... I'm going to be talking about this for the rest of my life with people and referencing it yeah, and understanding music and art and life because I'm watching this. It's really a wild thing to watch. I'm, I'm halfway through the second part and I can't tell you how much my perspective on the individual Beatles <gasps> has changed. John Lennon mostly because the way it starts out, you're kind of like, oh, he's just a wag. He's just... Like I know John Lennon's revered, but I always find him to be a little mean and mm-hmm. um, at times. But then there's that I had no idea this existed. Where I won't spoil anything, but there's a hidden mic at one point. Oh my god! And you actually mind. get John Lennon kind of speaking fairly measuredly about himself and the situation that's going on. Where you see Paul start to become kind of the control freak is not the right word because they're all so mild mannered and actually really respectful to each other to the point where you make it think like they're so heavily repressed. You almost want them to blow up a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's guarded. fascinating. Yeah. He, yeah. He, McCartney's maybe more guarded in that conversation where, yeah, Lennon's surprisingly open. I, nobody, I didn't know about that secret recorded conversation. So that was like literally a jaw dropping thing when it was like, yeah, hearing, Two Beatles talk privately, and hearing Paul McCartney say to John McCartney to John Lennon, "You're the boss. You've always yeah. been the boss." I know. What? And when you said and it changes Lennon how everybody, that. what's that? Lennon acknowledges that he yes. says like not all the time now, but that then he did acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you said about how it's making you kind of like rethink. It's making me rethink it too and also just make me rethink like god i don't there's not hours of footage for their whole lifespans that i can't now get an inside look to know what rubber soul time period was uh, or, yeah. or revolver or whatever the hamburg bar days but yeah. like uh 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 when you said that i really i'm like all the literature and the thinking and writing that's been done about the beatles like seeing this and how it kind of does shift perspectives about how either they were, how they behaved or their creative process, either one of those. It's going to be a little bit like going back and reading books where it's like after they got footage of the Bible or yeah. they found out something about the Zapruder film that was kind of like really changing, changed things. And you're reading old JFK conspiracy books. And you're like, you're so wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really I think the incredible. only thing that holds up is the the um, like perceived image of Ringo. It still seems pretty much the same. Now I'm only halfway through it, but he's just what a cool character. He just gliding yeah. through everything, you know. Yeah, just a a beautiful, beautiful yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and then yeah, with I'm really proud of that they're both living members Ringo proud I, that's not the right word but <laughs> Ringo and, and McCartney uh, that like Ringo less so because he comes off so warmly but like right on to Paul McCartney just like letting that footage out where he is like complicated I'm not yeah. you know like it's cool 
He gets it. Yeah. And and I even see his side at times where Sure. Yeah. Cuz it's not like he is a control freak. There is a part of him that's kind of like, "Hey, we've only got so much time and we have a commitment here yeah. and and let's work and let's get this done cuz obviously we're not totally yeah. enjoying each other's company." So, I get that like expeditiousness of it too. It's yes, right, right, right. Yeah. It's all levels. It's like going I'm seeing just the Beatles behind the scenes, whoa. And then, like, I'm seeing music being created. Then it goes to just, like, I'm seeing interpersonal behavior. The last thing, though, is just, like, when you see somebody, like, eating food while still having a conversation or, like, setting up gear, like, John Lennon tuning and having a conversation, you're just like, oh, my God, to see, like, non-mythic looks at somebody just doing quotidian things is I know. wild. When George Harrison takes his cigarette and sticks it onto his oh, coiled like E-string e and as it's just he is dangling the there on person. a spring. He yeah. really is. He yeah. really is. Holy shit. I can't I, wait till Peter Jackson gets all the footage from Christmas Evil and can we can look at this <laughs> in a different way. Yeah, but I'm always going to probably in Christmas Evil be when he does that a little distracted by some of the kind of like matching you know, the weird kind of gimmickry that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I'll probably still enjoy Christmas Evil, his version of that. <laughs> well, shall we get into it? Yeah. No logo, loco. No logo, loco. And not, you know, worse for the wear, but I love a logo, loco I do discussion. Too. I know. We're, we've, we're, we've been starved of logo, locos this time. I'm sure we'll get some with Kubrick film next week, but. Um, yes. Yeah. I think we'll, uh, what if Stanley Kubrick was like, forgot to put a logo on his weird ears? Like, oh, whoa, yep. Sorry. What? I was just being held to the standard of Christmas evil. <laughs> the spiritual prequel to this film. <laughs> hey, don't bring up uh spirituality, Matt. We're going to be just discussing it constantly with, with looking over the text of Christmas oh, evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, now I haven't seen this before. Have you seen I, it? I, no, but when okay. you think about it, it's got a real similar opening feel kind of to, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, I also Sleep Away Camp, this yep. formulaic thing of the kid witnesses something traumatic and then turns into a killer. Now they do it differently in terms of what they want to ask you to sympathize with and this one was probably the most sympathetic, but then it, then you start to lose it again, you know. Yeah, this movie, like Halloween, like Sleepaway Camp, like you, like they both, they all think the thing that will most certainly turn you into a psychotic killer is perhaps accidentally seeing family members like engaged in a sex act. And then the choice to then continue looking and engaged, like that's when it goes off the rails, but it's like, this is a really a, a very narrow thing that happens in life that this move, these movies really think twists people up. It's so weird to think that this film specifically, the boy, we don't even know how much he actually sees. Does he stick around and watch the whole thing? We don't know, but... At worst, shouldn't he just kind of have some sort of like almost mommy perversion or electric complex or or edible complex? I mean, because yeah. why has he become a murderer? I know I I walked in on 
my parents one time, and it didn't do that to me. You didn't, like, sit back against the wall and slice your hand accidentally and look down at the floor bleeding? What was that? So, okay. <laughs> tell, me, go, tell me, man. Just, you know, I know, you don't have to get it. No, you don't have to get into the details, my man. But granted, just, uh, oh, this was in high school, and I also may have oh. dreamt it. I'm not entirely sure. So maybe if it happened more in my formative years, I don't know, but I never became a killer or, as far as I know, uh, a sexual <laughs> mom-addicted pervert. No, I don't think so. No, I'll ask my mom. <laughs> so it's a real, like, 80s sort of thing that, like, you could never get away with that today where a kid just sees their parents actually living a pretty healthy, like, devoted you know, keeping the spice in the relationship life. It's a good thing. And this kid sees it and kills people. That's the oh, message yeah. of the 80s sort of like prurient sex. Oh my God. All these, all these uh, kids who become killers, they're the ultimate kink shamers. Yeah, no kidding. Sleepaway Camp is particularly funny because it's like what we were saying about Silent Night, Deadly Night, where it's like the grandpa scares the kid that would already traumatize him about Santa, but then Santa attacks his family like two hours later. Yeah. Like Sleepaway Camp is the same thing. Like she has an aunt dressing her up as a different gender uh, against her will. It has nothing to do with her witnessing her dad being in a homosexual love affair with a man. They're completely, I mean, seemingly disconnected. Yeah. Oh, man. These movies. They're just like, there must be some formula that's coming together. That sleepaway camp is kind of like, yeah, algorithmically or whatever, misreading. It was like, I guess there must be parental, weird, familial sex stuff. Because all it needed at that era was just to name check homosexuality, kinkiness, or premarital sex, and that was like a shorthand of you're just you're a sinner. It's it's evil. It's gross. It's ugly. You're a dark, horrible person. You go on the naughty list. I mean, this movie really cuts to the core. The fact not only is that kid Moss Garcia or Gonzalez, I forget, reading Penthouse, but he's very artfully cutting out the silhouettes of the women in the magazine. Which you know, at first I was like. You know, in my neighborhood, every kid that could get their hands on a Playboy or a penthouse, like, was going to look. But yeah. this kid is like, gone on to basically do, like, Morris Binder Bond opening title sequences <laughs> in his own little bedroom there at the orphanage. <laughs> he's a, Yeah, he's an art lover, if anything. He'd be surprised to find out there's even nude photos in front of him. He'd be like, I what? Know. I mean, oh, God, his no, name I is was... Moss, for crying out loud. I love that, Moss. Uh, the wait, that's the in-world character's name? Yeah, Moss. I, I think it's Garcia. I forget. But it and I it made me realize like that used to be a name, like a lot of old men. Like there's a playwright, Moss Hart, Ooh. who I think with George S. Kaufman wrote uh, You Can't Take It With You, which was like a, a famous movie with um, Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart. Hey, lucky for you. Yeah, you can't take your name with you. Yeah, no. In kidding. heaven, you get to be have a name that's not Moss. I mean, it's a cool name, but come on, Moss. You can come in, but you'll have to leave your name behind. Okay, I'll take um, Lichen. Was that Saint Peter? Yes. Hi, Saint Peter. You must see so many people coming through this gate. Don't get me started. Oh, well, oh, it's a. Uh, it's hard for you to to. 
takes a lot out of you? Works work. You know, I mean, they always say if you what if you do what you you do, you'll end up hating it or or do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Hey, I don't know. You hate this? You uh, uh No, Dan, don't tell God that. I just imagine, you know, being like kind of one of having the tip-toppiest of tip-top jobs you could have outside the gates of heaven. Well, that's just it. They won't let me in heaven. I got to work out in the uh, outskirts with you lot. And you know, I've lot, always but- wondered that. What are do you, when all that's going on, are you just out here the whole time? The whole goddamn time. Hey, easy there with the language there, St. Petey. God knows everything, but only on earth. Up here, we can get it done. <laughs> that's so... <laughs> Wow. So like, yeah, he just kind of, it's like a honor system thing or he just knows it's going on and lets it happen. He doesn't, he can't, his, his goddar doesn't work up here. God, if only Jeffrey Dahmer, if somebody had just said, Jeffrey, just wait, wait, buddy, you're going to for eternity get to eat people. (laughs) That's the only person I think St. Peter I could reference in that. (laughs) In that example. Anyway, I don't. Uh, uh, Paul, I gather your name is. Do you want to come in, or are you sticking around? Are you visiting, or are you are you? Yeah, dead or I'll what? come. Wait, no, I still have work to do down That's what I thought. on Earth. Go, Paul. Go do what you must. Whoa. Go watch four out of four Christmas movies <laughs> and <you> come. <laughs> Matt, um, Matt, Matt. What? Where'd you go, Paul? Uh, it's a long story. Well, this is a long podcast. Uh, I saw, I talked to St. Peter. Oh my <gasps> God, you know what? I went up to heaven and I just stopped and talked to St. Peter? I yeah. didn't go into heaven? That's like going to Raging Waters and just talking to the ticket guy. Oh, when was the last time you were at, uh... I should ask St. Peter this, too. When was were you the last time at Raging Waters? Last month. <laughs> oh, St. Peter. I always Peter. try to get one in in November to close the season off. They open oh. it special for me. So he sees all St. Peter <laughs> down here, too. That, that was the headline here, Gorley. Yeah. When you're up in heaven, uh-huh. God, he's not uh, omnipresent. That makes sense because it's like if you made it to heaven, he figures he doesn't need to watch you, right? Like you've passed the test. Yeah, it's like does Raytheon have cameras inside Raytheon? No, they trust you with <laughs> yes, <exactly>. missiles. <laughs> anyway, what tab is that? Hey, I don't uh, know, but I need I feel to open like a, a small um, tab. I feel like a a a a a, a diet freak. There's so many tabs open. <laughs> I need to open a small tab because they used to make those little like half cans of tabs, not the skinny Cokes, but the half cans. Oh, the half cans. And uh, when I was up there as St. Peter just a minute ago, you might not have known that was me because the voices were so different. And I did that little, (laughs) we can do whatever we want. You know that like sexy double click you sometimes do? I have to tell this quick story because- Please. Amanda always does these things that kill me that make me laugh, but- we were talking about something very serious. She was just going to make a joke. It wasn't like heavy, but she was talking about her dad who has some health issues. And she was making a point and she meant to say like, well, I don't know about that because my dad may not be feeling great. I can't remember exactly what she said, but 
she, to, to make her point went, I don't know about that, but my dad might not be feeling great. <laughs> and she did this little downward thumbs down, like at the same time and just sexed it up. And I, I just died. I don't know what the point was. And it was so wonderful. That is really funny. My, uh, <laughs> my face is hurting. I'm smiling so much. That's very funny. Uh, <laughs> Look at us. We'll do anything not to talk about Christmas evil. Yeah, even my dog, uh, she's barking back here um, because the doorbell rang, but I, I I imagine no one's at the door that could be more important than Christmas evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, the and that whole flashback is like from 1947, which... That's right. Oh my, do you hear my dog? Yeah. I gotta check yeah, go on to, her. Let's do a pee break. That's perfect. A Christmas peevil. Christmas peevil, perfect. Okay, we'll be right back. With Corley and Rust. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With Corley and Ryan. I guess pismus peevil would have been better. Pismus peevil. Yeah. Well, I just cracked open a Coca-Cola <gasps> here, so Ooh. I'm going to be pismus peevil in a lot here. Oh, you know what? Oh, but Santa on the Coke. Oh, God, you're right. Hold Not on. on I'm going to go get a drink, too. Hey, my friend, go for and, it. And I mean a drink. Go for it. I'll be right back. Excellent. Um, I'll vamp. Yeah, or, or it's up to you. If you, it won't take me long, or I can cut this out. Whatever you like. If you want to have a moment with the listeners to talk about what you guys are all getting me for Christmas, that's fine too. Okay. Okay. I'll be right back. Enjoy. Oh. Hmm. So, what are we thinking, guys? Huh. Well. What do you get for the man who deserves everything? (laughs) Uh, It's true. There are so many gifts he would deserve and appreciate, right? And the thing is, he's so kind-hearted that you could give him oh an old moldy loaf of bread and that guy he'd go this is the best gift I have ever received so that's the quandary I find myself in 
what to get our friend Matt. Okay, hey, Daddy's back. <laughs> hi, uh, hi, Daddy, Daddy Matt. <laughs> Who's that? Well, I thought, oh no, no, no. Those are my other friend Matts who, when they become fathers, when they come into a room, they want me to scream, Daddy Matt. <laughs> I insist. Oh, what do you got there, my friend? What is that? Looks oh, like a- just a little Kentucky mule. No big deal. I'll back that horse. Hello. He's back, baby. Uh, he never left. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I was just about to say to you, Matt, well, that's a tasty drink. It looks like you're having, which happens to be the first thing Matt Gorley ever said to me. I was sitting outside <sighs> Little Dom's. This right next to what I was saying while you were out about getting a gift for you. It's just going to sound like I'm in love with you. So, well, like, I, I requite. I requite. I, I shouldn't. Love. I shouldn't talk about how the first time we met. That's crazy. But yes, uh, you should. Uh, this is a podcast for friendship. I was eating this delicious pasta dish that I love so mm. much outside of Little Dom's, the one that has little peas inside oh. it mm. uh and uh i was eating it you walked up with uh some friends of yours and mm-hmm. uh who i knew and then you said uh hey that looks like a tasty drink you're having there what uh, was i was like drink? oh yeah i love it what's that what was the drink Here's the thing. I don't remember that. <laughs> I love it. The linchpin that brought us together and we don't even know what it is because you know what? It doesn't matter. It did its job. It was probably called the Paul and Matt. Isn't that um, fitting though? That like with our podcast isn't, don't you think some people might think these horror movies are a vice, they would call them. And we go, no, 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 they're to be yeah. celebrated. Yes, by, by two men What's who that are tasty wearing... slasher you're watching? Yeah. You say? yeah. By two men who are wearing virtually the same exact outfit. We have the <laughs> same color, solid color, olive green t-shirt on, almost the same glasses. It's ridiculous. Everybody check this date of uh, December 1st, because maybe we're like entering some sort of like void now where everybody's dressing the same we're just not seeing it oh you might be right yeah because i was watching mash and they were all dressed like this wait a minute i was watching mash last night too and they were all dressed like this uh and i was watching the part in die hard where his tank top gets really dirty and he wait never mind oh like how santa claus's costume gets dirty later and a kid points that out and he says there's a lot of pollution between the north pole and here (laughs) great save santa yeah it's like of all the things santa you're magic you could be (laughs) they believe anything you say like just come up with something more creative what if that was the linchpin that the kid was like what i'm not surprised there's no santa pollution (laughs) I'm not surprised he mentioned pollution because this whole movie's steeped in like late 70s, early 80s economic crisis shit. It really feels like an energy crisis in more <laughs> ways than one. But yeah, this has like a a Jersey kind of factory town grime to it. Yes. Yeah. I like, uh, uh, it's funny because like when 
this came out two years after Halloween, and given the opening and stuff, it clearly saw Halloween and mm. was like trying to cash in on having a title that has a holiday in it. Right. But it's funny, like when yeah, the genre is like still finding its like footing or whatever, and it's like it, you don't follow like the same as Silent Night, Deadly Night. You don't like follow what creates a man who would become an insane psycho Santa. You like have a group of teenagers who, like, are out at a cabin and a, a, a random guy who dresses up as Santa and kills teenagers. And, like, th- that first 30 minutes, you'd be following something that's, like, really pleasant to look at, which is, like, attractive uh, young actors yeah. engaged with each other and feeling happy before they start getting killed. I read something where this director was like, this is not a slasher film, it's a Frankenstein film. And when you look at it that way, as misguided as it may be, you start to see it because he goes and kills the like one percenters, then he goes to like a working class bar and they're like, they appreciate him and he's kind of like, mm-hmm. and then the kid is like, you know, the little yeah. girl with the violin and all that. I see that. And yeah. the mob at the end with the torches. Oh, definitely. But, but nobody made him. There was a no, doctor nobody that made, him, made him. And he's chosen to kill. We don't like Frankenstein, if I remember correctly, kind of kills in self defense. This guy's going out and sla- poking, like stabbing people in the eye with a tin soldier's bayonet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, keeping long. Books and lists of naughty and Oh, my God. Let's get into that. So he's spying on children at the orphanage. He's gone to the trouble to climbing up a rooftop. One of the kids' sins or great transgressions was has bad breath. Oh, yeah. He was like negative personal hygiene. And I was like, uh... Santa, how do you know that? First of all, <laughs> bad but breath. That feels like I. I mean, I. It's crazy, but I get his logic. Like the kid refuses to wash up at night, and I guess it could be the kid refuses to brush his teeth. But it almost feels like maybe the kid has like clinical halitosis, and you're you're gonna not give a gift. At least give the kid the gift of toothpaste or floss. Right. If you, bummer it, gift, but still teach a man to. F- Floss, he'll floss every day. Give a man a floss, he'll floss a fish. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like, I don't know why. Uh, 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 yeah, the um, uh, it seemed like the main thing that was naughty for him in life, not in books, was just he's really against uh, kids getting their heads on pornography. Yeah, I think because, you know, oh, it's it's coming together, this hygiene and breath thing, too, with the fact that the mom laid out soap and water for Santa Claus. They must have had some kind of weird <laughs> oh yeah, hygiene thing going on in the family. Yeah, it, it's revealed at the end that long be- white beard is real because it's cuckoo Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Howard Hughes. Oh, <laughs> Oh my God! Somebody, we gotta write a sketch, Gorley. That's um, a combination of Howard Stern and Howard Hughes. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Do you um, remember when Howard Stern was rumored to be playing the Scarecrow in the Batman movie? Y- yes, and uh, 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 when Larry David was what? 
uh, um, rumored to be uh, uh, Robin. <laughs> Is there a character in Spider-Man named Vulture? Yes, that's right. Oh, now you're right. I do remember that because, yeah, Vulture is, I think, an older bald man. <laughs> it's God, funny because we were like tapped into that like casting superhero movie like at that time for us. In 20 years, kids are going to have so many like great, uh, grow as grownups have so many great memories of being like, remember they were going to cast uh, Thor with Eddie Deason? <laughs> I'd kill to see that. Oh, literally, I would literally kill to see. Oh that. God, Eddie Deason, a Thor, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> B.J. Porter, a really funny uh, writer, yeah, uh, uh, comedy writer and uh, comedian. He's just really, really funny. I was on a show with him. What uh, that? Uh, he he pitched a sketch that we didn't do, but it was that. Uh, a guy like Bruce Banner uh, is like, I getting very angry. You don't want to see me when I get angry. And then he would turn to the Hulk, but it would be little me, scrawny me, like painted green and like purple pants and going like, ah! you just like, it's like, you don't want to deal with me when I get angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like a little brother just to go and find somebody to play with. <laughs> Um, the peeping thing too, like him going around and watching the kids to see what they're doing naughty and going and reporting it. Uh, I, it took me a long time, Matt, and it's not explored fully in this movie, I seemingly, but like, I, it took me a long time to realize there was like a, like a sexual component to peeping, like, mm. uh, 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 because maybe movies don't show that. But, like, when I would hear about it, I just thought, like, the person isn't watching it to, like, feel uh, aroused by it. They're, like, interested in, like, observing the lives of others. <laughs> Are you saying this about Harry? Um, or, well, or Harry seems to be that general. actual case. But, yeah, yeah no, he does. peeping He's... in general. It took me, It wasn't until, like, college, I think, before I was, like... Oh, of course people are looking through windows and I see. doing things that, hey, you know what? This is a G-rated podcast, so we're not going to get into. Yeah, no, we won't. They are. They're, they're, yeah, this is a G-rated podcast. It's yeah. general audiences. My <laughs> newborn daughter listens to this show, so. And she loves it. Yeah, she's <laughs> a huge fan. Um, and then, okay, so. I guess it. We're seeing sort of like, yeah, his day-to-day life, right? What were you going to say, uh, my Well, friend? just in general, and I still can't tell. This must be because it's on the heels of the prior two movies. But I was like, solid premise for this one. I mean, this one is doing it better than Silent Night, Deadly Night. Because if, if it isn't quite a slasher movie, and even though they might be missing the mark, they're going for a little bit more drama and character arc of yeah. this guy that's had – this formative experience of seeing his parents express their love for each other. <laughs> I don't know. I think probably more kids have been like screwed up because they would never expect their parents to ever like 
have the capacity to love each other in an intimate way. Yeah, or just have witnessed their parents in an emotionally loveless marriage. I mean, uh, frankly, Harry, you got it pretty good. Yeah, count your blessings. You got Knock two of them, off. your mom and dad. Yeah, what are you, Jack Frost? Take it With easy. With your jacket off? Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> you Jack Lord? The actor oh, no, we Jack just, Lord? I saw it. It just went on the wall. We have an electronic dial. It went up to, uh, we're at PG-13 because oh, of my well, little Jack Off comment. But we're doing this podcast on delay. I have a delay sensor button that I oh, beep off. You, so what are you going to substitute for J-O? Um, wank your skank. <laughs> oh, that's like it gets around the sensors thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I did it. My dad wasn't feeling well. <laughs> she was also holding the baby at this point, too, I should mention. <laughs> uh, it's uh, It will become as commonplace as, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody saying, like finishing a sentence, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your mother and I are getting a divorce. <laughs> That's a um, when you give them DVDs of the new Sarah Jessica Parker HBO Jam <laughs> divorce. We're giving you DVD copies of divorce. That, Pre- that prepare be- to laugh dramatic if that's the only gift you got as a kid dvd the standard definition is the worst of it all yeah if i had to choose between uh well i'm not gonna phrase it that way i was gonna say if i had to choose between seeing my parents by a fireplace make love like i should say if i had to choose what that kid experienced or yeah getting a a kind of a lousy christmas present oh yeah I'd take the, I'd show me what you got, mom and dad. I can't live with a lousy Christmas present. Uh, Speaking of presents and toys, this guy, he, these movies, presumably the two we watch, they really like the toy aspect. Yeah. And this one in a real general sense of, I mean, it's 1980. No kid is playing with a primary color toy soldier that's that's not even like boomer toys that's like turn of the century (laughs) toy yeah like what else do they make like a ball of yarn with a thimble on top (laughs) stick ball i mean they had like dump trucks planes and some kind of ray gun but i remember those like that ray gun 1980 right yeah and you they were ready for ray gun Ronald, uh, it's morning in America. I would see those kind of toys at the supermarket and be like, "Oh no, it's post Star Wars. Like we can't, we can't do primary color ray guns anymore." What am I, Lucy Ricardo's kid? I've often thought about the reverberations of Star Wars throughout culture, but it really probably set cheap, shitty toys at the grocery store back. Like that it was did. like, we can't do old Western revolvers now. Oh no. And I, in fact, I remember getting, uh, from, for Christmas one year, post star Wars as a kid, I got from my aunt and uncle, a tie fighter, but I also Whoa. got this plastic, like Buck Rogers, cheap, space helmet with like a little plastic antenna, like something like Marvin Martian or Bugs Bunny would wear in a Warner Brothers cartoon. And this is how horribly entitled I was. I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I was like, 
well, in what world do these two gifts go together? Just because they both belong in space? Like, no, the entitlement. Where's your is, aesthetic theme theming here? Come on. The entitlement is if you said it. Uh, yeah, and I did yeah. not. I yeah. did not. Yeah. I wrote in a letter and sent it to myself. <laughs> and you'll open it. <laughs> On your deathbed? <laughs> on the deathbed of my aunt and uncle when I murder them because they've traumatized my Christmas. That was funny that the guy at the very, just jumping very, very ahead when he was like, you're mad at me because something I said to you when I was sick. I know. And like that something. guy's a psychopath too, but he had a point. <laughs> um, the the number, you know, whatever, the six years of it all, the, the, the thing I was going to say, it opens in 1947 and then they do the thing that, Friday Thirteenth does where uh, when they cut ahead they don't list the year they just yeah. write the present. Yes, nice move. The present twenty twenty one. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm tricked. <laughs> this guy doesn't look a day over forty eight, but he must be sixty nine. Uh, and then later, I think they goofed it up and just had like nineteen eighty somewhere. But uh, uh, oh, um, yeah. the I I did wonder too is that the oldest flashback we've had yet Ooh, that we've good watched. question, yeah, because Friday 13th's in the 50s, right? Yeah, because okay. everybody's going, hey, and like running into jukeboxes. <laughs> <laughs> running into them. Where's my Dakota ring? <laughs> and yeah, and Halloween was 60s, right? Yeah. Even though they look like they were in the late 70s. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, 47. Um, Other than like, you know, some kind of Pazuzu flashback to who knows when or whatever. But yeah. Oh, right, right. right. Pazuzu was there from the beginning of time. That's another thing. Pazuzu was before time. We call my daughter Captain Howdy. For real? Yeah, we have so many nicknames for her. It's ridiculous. One of her nicknames is- Let me hear him. No joke. Bill Squishman, founder of Squishman Enterprises, co-founder Siegel Squishman Dynamics, quality through cuteness. You, from the beginning, have been, like, cracking me up that, like, you've been, like, their squire, her squire, but now she's, like, running the company. <laughs> well, she's, so, I mean, she's got a knack. It's, it's, it's like, so funny. She's failing upwards. <laughs> yeah. Each time she poops her pants, she gets a promotion. It's true. A poopy pant promotion? Poopy pant promotion. <laughs> um, the, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the toys are so, I mean, the Silent Night, Deadly Night is, 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 is was sad and kind of grimy looking, but we could at least look at those toys they didn't get licensed to put on screen. Yeah. This, we're just looking at like red, yeah, plastic boat, right. What's crazy though is that this movie has a lot of songs that you know, and I, I can't believe that they paid to license them for this movie. Did they just stick them in and not care? Or Yeah, what's like public domain with because there was sometimes like when he was humming stuff and I did think Matt I was like they hum things a lot I'm like is that getting around um, <laughs> pain people it's like it's a hum I, I think everything he was humming was like public domain songs but they had like oh this song and it's been stuck in my head this season because I mean we talked about how much I love Christmas so the Christmas music has been going yes. but there's this song I think it's called Marshmallow World is that what it is and 
And the sky was red like a pumpkin head. Ba ba da ba da ba da. I can't get this song out of my head. And I have this, you know, like kind of obsessive problem. Like if I have a drink, which I'm having now, or a lot of sugar, when I go to bed, a certain couple of lines will play and play through my head. And that one has been night after night. And I can't get it out of my head. And then I had just gotten out of my head. And then it pops up in this movie. And it, oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are. Well, I don't know if it's like opening the the arc of the like the like if I dare ask like are there any other kind of earwormy things that have notoriously popped around for you? Well, I had a real tough time when we were recording the Townland album because you just you're mixing I was mixing and working on production and stuff and so I would hear our, our songs over and over and it would get to the mm-hmm. point where I'm like, "Hey, I can't hear my own songs anymore. This is this is like feeding back on itself and destroying me from within. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you know when, uh, is there a release date? We're tentatively got it set for February, I think, 1st, because the mastering's a little backed up. You know, supply chain and all that. <laughs> well, and, and also it'd be nice to be able to uh, get familiar with the album for a couple weeks. So then when you play it on Valentine's Day, you can be singing along with the words. When I play it for my wife, who's heard the music too many times. Yeah. But all the rest of you can. It won't get you in the mood like a bar of soap and a basin of water will uh, and up some oysters and cheese soup. But <laughs> yeah, the least sexiest thing, eat some, eat some oyster cheese soup and wash your hands. You know what? God damn it. I'm loving this episode. We're not really covering the movie, but if ever there's one where you could just go a little free form on and just have some yeah. fun with your buddy, Paul. Of course. Yes. I, uh, uh, Christmas evil always brings out the best mm. in everyone. That's uh, we, they say that every season. I now love Christmas evil for this reason. Oh, it's going to be a perennial thing. You'll put it on every year yeah. to get to get in the season. Oh, what are the what are some uh, what are your favorite uh, things to put on? Now, th- this is I'm going to ask a very specific Christmas movie question. Like, oh, okay. not just like what's your favorite? Yeah, what's one that you would put on because it's like the biggest injection of Christmas vibe? Boy, like if you want wholesome, I'm going to be evil. really boring and predictable, but I think there's a reason for that. So if you want like real wholesome Christmas, like positive energy, yeah. it is tough to beat. It's a wonderful life. The best. And then if you just want Christmas fun, it's tough to beat Christmas vacation for the me. Best. The funniest. Yeah. The funniest. If you want to laugh with a Christmas movie. Right under Christmas with the Cranks, Jingle All the Way, and uh, uh, Deck the Halls. It's like fourth. But uh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Christmas Vacation is still funny, and uh, it's a wonderful life. I think Steven Spielberg was talking about it. He said it best. He said it's one of the only movies, the only things in life that like gives you a very clear answer and reason why we're on earth which is like really incredible a lot of that stuff is either saccharine or kind of an easy answer and or like unattainable or you don't it's so squishy that the most answers but that actually one is like i i buy into even though it's a fantasy movie you know oh yeah that's good i'm 
I never thought about it that way. We dug into some old Christmas movies the past couple of years and like a night to remember with Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray Ooh. was kind of fun. Never there was like the so Christmas nice. affair with Robert Mitchum, which wasn't so good. It was kind of <laughs> a little rough around it's the relationship Christmas edges. <laughs> it's a Christmas affair. It's a Christmas affair. Um, uh, do you have any that that we didn't mention that are? No, like- it's a wonderful life is the yeah the big big one, and I love Christmas Vacation. Oh oh oh, I'll watch a. Hey, I've given enough oxygen to Gremlins. Uh, they don't need it, but uh, I, I I would do uh, with friends. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life Gremlins double feature, which actually is if people are doing it, get some hot cider, maybe oh. put something fun in that hot cider. Ooh watch It's a Wonderful Life and Gremlins because it's the best twofer because you get the like hot cry. Everybody in the room cries Mm -hmm. at It's a Wonderful Life. And then it's like this weird demented sequel where the set looks like Kingston Kingston Falls looks like Bedford Falls. That's so great. And so you get to kind of see it then like get wreaked havoc on it. It's like cathartic (sighs) in its own way. It's really (sighs) spectacular. We this year we it's hard for us to get a movie in because our daughter just won't sleep enough necessarily. So I've yeah. been looking up like what are the best episodes of the greatest shows of TV for Christmas of all time. That's awesome. And we did uh, the other night we did the Hard Luck Kid episode of Mary Tyler Moore, and it was written by James L. Brooks, and he also wrote oh. that was actually called the Hard Luck Kid Part Two, but it's not part two to Mary Tyler Moore. It's just the second one he's done titled that because he wrote a That Girl episode of that. And they're similar kind of left alone on Christmas episodes that were pretty good. But I'm looking forward to digging into like, oh, you know, like different strokes and all the Cheers Christmas episodes. And those are so that's such a perfect uh, um, (laughs) quibby. Of, of seasonal that Did I say that? Did I tell you that? That I've actually been bemoaning the loss of Quibi because, you know, they had that Chris, Christoph Waltz movie that you would watch in 10 minute segments and thinking now that we have a baby that it would be perfect way to watch <laughs> a movie because we can't finish a movie. It's so sad. That was the demo they should have really focused on the people mm-hmm. who are within the first like six months to a year of uh, or how long of raising again. Yeah. Um. I mean, referring to uh, my notes here, uh, uh, that factory that he worked on, love the name, Jolly Dream. Yeah. Sinister poster. <laughs> that sounds like something Bill and Ted would say. Sinister poster. Sinister poster. <laughs> uh, what was the poster? Oh, oh, their poster. It just kind of had a feeling of like a World War II propaganda poster of like, you buy toys from overseas and Santa dies. Yeah. And there's a, uh, like, what was that huge sign when they had their like work party that was like, Merry Christmas, don't become a comrade. Well, the reason you can't remember it is because they tilt up. And you have to read it backwards, and it's so long that by the time you get to the top, you can't remember the last part of it. I uh, guess the best way they could have gotten that information out, <laughs> if you ask me. I have a uh, note that no wonder Moss Garcia has issues the way he's treated by his mom. Like, he should be the killer. 
But yeah. a little family domestic violence is no big deal in the 80s, but a little sex will make you become a Santa killer. <laughs> Santa killer. That was the original title. That sign, uh, when you mentioned the sign being intense, the the truly the scariest part so far into the movie is there's a decoration of kind of an angry looking Santa, um, like shushing, oh. like or or like getting mad. Uh, it's just like a quick. It, it comes and goes. It just like zooms in on like in his office. He's got like a. Santa being like, I'm pissed off. And he looked, it was scary. I, I will say like the movie, I think has been really good overall. And up to this point at like, when Santa in that dream at the beginning or uh, comes down and the chimney, it really does like creep you out that you're like, what you said before of like, oh, Santa is a home invader. This is like really weird and creepy. It's weird to think too, about how, how yeah. long they show him trying to get in that chimney and then bailing on it. Like that <laughs> so, whole scene is in real time. It's so strange. I, I mean, it made me realize Silent Night, Deadly Night does not deliver on that video cover. Like there's no, no. point where anybody goes down oh, a right. chimney and then this movie doesn't. No. Uh, and I've seen that Silent Night, Deadly Night poster for all my life thinking like that's going to happen. Oh, it's like the ghoulies coming out of the toilet thing. Uh, it, it You wait for it the whole time when you're first watching it. And you're like, wait, I'm never going to see a Santa arm <sighs> holding an axe coming down a chimney or a ghoulie pop out of a toilet. Where are the ghoulies? Where are the munchies? Where are the munchies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, and other names that we got to see was... Uh, Along with Jolly Dream, was a bar called The Odd Couple, or was the bar putting out a production of The Odd Couple? No, I think it was like The Odd Couple Lounge. I was, I want to go there. That looks pretty cool. It looked cool. I also loved when that guy sneaks up and looks through the window, Harry, at the precise I know. moment that the guy inside <laughs> is saying, like, yeah, I tricked this asshole into covering my shift for me. It was like, what timing? What cosmic mm-hmm. timing? He had you to go kill him in his bed where his yellow chiffon sheets match his telephone. I just loved that. Ooh, he's got an eye for the chiffon. Well, I guess it's just like you could pee all over those sheets and you'd never know. But you're saying, like, he goes and kills him. So, yeah, maybe that's what he has. He has a bedwetting problem, and uh, <laughs> he gets chiffon to cover it up. Uh, but, like, he's killing people because he has to work an extra shift? Yeah, that's where the sympathy really starts to fall apart for this main character. Yeah, uh, it's a, maybe or maybe it's kind of like a joker Type treatment of Santa, like a proto Joker, proto Joker. Go in that way, but the movie's not artful enough for it to land. So it's right there in that middle ground of: Are they just missing the mark, or do they not know what they're doing? And it's hard to tell. It definitely has the Joker or Frank, whatever the everything. Uh, I do dig on the like he's bad at the. Uh, one percenters yeah. who are out partying on Christmas Eve while other people have to go hungry and toyless. That's, that, that's cool. Yeah, that's true. You but know, it is different. It's like having kids love him. And <laughs> make, yeah, it's a, I don't know how to feel about him. And maybe that's the point. 
his brother's oh. kids. The mother goes, he wants a typewriter. And then the other parent goes, wow, he is precocious. <laughs> and then did you notice when they come back to the house later on Christmas morning, there are two typewriters. That kid got two typewriters. Either they both did or that kid got two. I don't know. Oh, that poor kid. He like says once he likes typewriters. I know. Everybody in the family is getting them typewriters. I, like, I don't even. Oh, God. I was just trying to make conversation when we were in the typewriter store. <laughs> now you're giving me typewriters. I can't get enough. Uh, yeah. And uh, I love the. Yeah. Yeah. He's so precocious. It's like. um Hey, uh, we need to get it across in the movie here that uh, he's precocious. How can we get that across? Well, the mom could say he is so that. Yeah. Well, but okay. why? Well, because he likes typewriters. Okay. One? Solved. He likes one typewriter? No, he'll get two. <laughs> now that's we'll precocious. Preco- <laughs> oh, that's a show you got to create, produce, Matt, like a real life reality show type. Now that's precocious. <laughs> it's like your version of kids say the darndest things. <laughs> I, I, here's my typewriter one, and here's my second typewriter. What? Now that's precocious. <laughs> I'm. Fred it always Tarkington. scares the kids when when the audience screams. <laughs> now that's precocious. It always like rattles the kids. Like, we brought a live studio audience into this kid's home. <laughs> He does not like it. Uh, you know what this guy liked, though, in this movie? He likes watching that Thanksgiving Day parade. No kidding. I read that the director shot that footage himself, and you can kind of tell like it was just gorilla shot from a rooftop. Oh, I see, of the turkey. Oh, and the Santa yeah. footage. That's true. Underdog. Wow, that I, that makes a lot of sense now. I mean, he was getting so excited to see Santa on screen. Like, he couldn't, like, talk to his brother on the phone. I was, like, sort of, you know, thinking that was, like, weird. But then I thought, you know what? Like, when I was a kid, getting to see Santa at the end of the Thanksgiving Day Parade was huge. And if I missed it, it was like, well, Christmas is fucked now. I didn't see Santa. (laughs) Well, the key there is you said when you when you were a kid because he's in his forties. <laughs> yeah, the key words I said at the beginning, I guess, when I was a kid. That's true. Uh, but it, uh, thinking about that, like how Santa really doesn't have anything to do with Thanksgiving, but Macy's just happens to be running this, and I I thought like, oh my god, it's so funny. The Thanksgiving Day Parade is just like getting people so just riled up at like seeing things and things you could buy. And then at the very end, Macy's goes and Santa gives gifts. Does he not parents? I know. Like, oh shit. Let's go into Macy's and buy everything we just saw. It's Absolutely. perfect marketing. It's the baton handover to Christmas. Wait, I have to say something. Don't change the thing, but right now Please. your, your sleeve is up over your shoulder and there's a spotlight on the wall and it looks like you are like, in a tropical sunset, like in tequila sunrise, and it looks so badass right now. You- I, I should get a, like a, a bottle of Corona and uh, with a lime. Oh, yeah, let me get some pictures of this. Uh, yeah, so I accidentally rolled up my sleeve. Yeah, we'll both do it. Yeah, go. We'll we'll take people to the gun show. My mine's more of a um, peat shooter show right now. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, saucy. Um, my dad, uh, you know, he, I would feel, uh, when I was a kid, I'd be like, flex, and then I'd feel his muscles, and I'd be like, oh my god, they're so strong, you know, and I, Matt, I'll admit, I keep waiting for that to happen, and it's not <laughs> happening, those, not getting those hard biceps, uh, right I was promised. I think you're looking good in this tropical sunset you're living in. Uh, yeah, I mean, in a, uh, uh. Um, a malnourished way. <laughs> so, did you catch that this reporter was kind of a a Geraldo Rivera analog? Thought the exact same thing. It's true. I read it because he did oh. some actual expose on an orphanage that was kind of mistreating kids or something. And but he also says, "Call this number nine double nine one two one two. Wouldn't you just do?" Triple nine one two one two. What is going? Yeah, or nine nine nine. It's the same amount of syllables. Yeah, S- syllables. Nine. Du- it's actually t- one less. You know, if you call that number, uh, Yoko Ono answers. <laughs> That's another thing with this documentary. I'm sad to say that all the stereotypical like Yoko Ono backlash stuff is like reinforced by this time you just see her. oh I, I i feel differently really? I, feel I haven't like, gotten that far yeah um no no um uh, my my wife and i have uh talked about it, and i've talked about it with some others and this is not this i i'm saying this specifically it's not like a general thought of everybody but like it seems like John wants her to be there. Uh, definitely. And, and doesn't it seem like he's kind of going like, speak to us as one, we're one person. But when I heard that at that secret meeting with George, she did all the talking, that blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Paul McCartney's words when that meeting was probably really about how George felt about Paul. So him... Talking about it in retrospect, being like, Yoko was saying all this shit. Oh, what was George saying about you, Paul? Yeah. Uh, I forget, but no, but like the the Yoko thing, like it is um, the Yoko thing, Yoko Ono, like uh, in her perspective, even if it's the Beatles, you're still in a room with like four stinky boys jamming out like it can't be that fun like i was just thinking she's probably there because he's like um i don't know like pieces him out or keeps him out of like band drama i don't know i can't tell i haven't gotten far enough in but the way she sits so close to him while the four of them are just rehearsing and linda's has the sense to just kind of hang back with the rest of the people. I can't figure it out. Oh, it's definitely strange. The fact that she's (laughs) sitting right next to him. I mean, that is a very unusual, I don't think that's been done in any band ever. Yeah. Um, Except I bet some like cute bands were like, when the guys play, I had a high school band and there would be times where our audience was all of our girlfriends. Oh. And they'd be like, yeah. Oh. Cover funny. super drag in a shitty way. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, th- also, this movie reminded me kind of more of like a, the story of like a disgruntled post office yeah. worker. 
Yeah, it was almost like a Twilight Zone episode too. It was somewhere between Taxi Driver yeah. and a Twilight Zone episode. It didn't have the balls to go the full way, but but also yeah. seemed kind of quaint in its own sense. I don't know. And I don't know why he's so unhappy. He's got that garage full of toys. Like, that's awesome, dude. Yes, it's not a, the worst life. Uh, the stuff that, like, in the category of stuff I did really love and thought was effective, any of the, like, creeping around the houses... Um, like when he would dart through shadows in familiar neighborhoods, yeah, and looking through windows, like, and the music sometimes too. Like you mentioned it, like right off the bat, like the lighting, like the spooky uh, uh, look to it, like that stuff got to me in the a real way. Was I, it, it creeped me out. Yeah, there was that moment where it's like, oh, 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 oh. It was almost reminding me of the score from the White Lotus. It was. Really interesting little choral thing. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, it, if for anybody's keeping record, we got to um, the score also slowed down some Christmas music to make it spooky. That's right. It's, it always works. You got to do it. This movie also, uh, like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, has a comic punch in it. Do you remember someone punched uh, someone, and it's just. <laughs> There's also a skid when the car like turns a quarter that is like pre-silent movies. <laughs> and speaking of blanketed snow, there's some actual blankets of fake snow uh, that the the brother falls into. Oh wait, when he gets punched? Yeah, and f- falls down, and he like hits the snow, and then actually the snow blankets wrap up in him and pull away from the dirt ground. What would what uh what about his uh face off and confrontation with the elderly security guard? Oh god, yeah. The geriatric cop or something? I don't know. I mean all of this is leading up to the magical ending which if you say you saw coming you're lying cuz no one could have predicted this supernatural ending to this movie. I don't know if you've got notes before that but uh, I I have a just a couple, but we could talk about that. No, ending. go for it. Let's let's do your notes and then we'll. Oh, okay. Uh, uh like, um. Oh, I I like that that security guard said, "Uh, what are you wacko?" <laughs> <laughs> like I would have characterized all of these movies to say that to the killer. <laughs> hey, what are you wacko? That's not in question. Um, when it seemed like he was kind of this good-hearted, vigilante Santa Claus of the people, it did make me think it could be a cool idea just to add to the Santa lore that we're making up here. If Santa, like, is a Robin Hood figure. Oh. And the toys you get, and it also answers a logical problem, which is how does Santa make this stuff? It's because he just steals it, not from rich families or anything, from corporations. Oh, he yeah. like breaks into jets, like Bond stuff, <laughs> like a like uh, like a Bond villain stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he collects it, and then he redistributes it to the kids. So he's also kind of like a folk hero, like a, he's a bad boy. Oh, interesting. But then it's a problem with the naughty versus nice. And Santa's kind of a hypocrite there, but he's... That's true. I mean, Santa's nothing if not a capitalist. That's what American lore would have you believe. But he is wearing red. He could be a socialist Robin Hood Santa that 
then changes into a black tactical Santa suit and rappels down into the depths of Hasbro and Kenner and pulls <laughs> G.I. Joes and Barbies. Yeah. It, oh, my God. Uh, just if he, if he's thinking about a makeover change. Speaking of the makeover, it did uh, just I'm thinking like that point when he goes to that party and he's dressed up as Santa uh, with his coworkers and their kids and they're talking. I was like... Um, it was like the weirdest version of a episode of Undercover Boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay. Uh, uh, um, again, why are there big parties with kids on Christmas Eve night? That's never been my experience on this. No, these movies got it wrong. Uh, it's time they got it right. He really just like strange stuff in this movie. Him like creeping through the house for 20 minutes. And then he goes and he smothers uh, that guy. Yeah. And And his kids are going to be the ones that should grow up to be Christmas killers. It's the, yeah, it's the Kill Bill quandary. Like the daughter who sees like that kid's going to grow up. Two kids now are going to grow up and want to be... Santa psychos. Yeah. Um, the, then it becomes Christmas day for like the last 20 minutes. Right. Like the movie's been broken up in 1947 (laughs) present Christmas Eve, Christmas day. Um, Why is the brother like a prick and mean to his wife and the kid? Like, what happened to him on Christmas? Why does he get this way? Yeah, he's just a straight up asshole. Sounds like he didn't have anything, but I know he really is a son of a bitch. What did these parents do? And if they did something, show us more than like looking at a garter belt on a Christmas Eve. And what did they do to make Harry a murderer, but sweet? And the other brother, a non-murderer, but an asshole. You know what it is? They let them watch too much TV, too much screen time. Yeah, that's right. Hey, don't get, I'll, I'll get on that uh, pulpit again, Matt. I I am against screens for children. Candy Crush, the root of all evil. Oh my God, you just saying Candy Crush makes me want to go back to playing oh, Candy God. Crush. I love that game. Farmville. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I've never played uh, either, but I just know to reference them. Uh, what was the uh, Farmville isn't exactly what I'm going to talk about, but what was like in 2004 when they do like uh, spoofs of the, or people want to make comedy videos about like Al Gore or, or uh, W, George W. Bush and John Kerry. So they would have these like little heads oh, come in. Jib jab. Jib jab. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and you could put, then you could put like your family members on elf heads and they would do like a musical number and send oh, them yeah. that video. Yep. And it was so subpar entertainment, subpar satire, if that's like what they were going for. But like, um, Jib jab still exists. Oh. You know what it made me think of right now? I was like, it's them like just getting there. There was a comedy video void or whatever that was, internet comedy thing, uh, 
void that needed to be filled and people wanted to send in emails to friends. Nobody else was filling it except like idiots like Jib Jab. I'm sorry. But like, and so it's a little bit like if there was like a big like oil rush. <laughs> and I bet like some idiots, they're not all Daniel played views from There Will Be Blood. I bet like some of them are just idiots. And so they like got a lot of oil or they got there first and got that oil. But then they're like, uh, Jib Jab? <laughs> It still exists, and there's like an Ice Ice Baby like and Kinks version now. What? Where you can just do like they have licensed songs and stuff like that. Okay, I love it now. Uh, um, I think that's it. Um, well, we got to talk about me, this um, ending. Y- yes, yes. Um, oh, 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 oh. Sorry, sorry. One last thing. Um, <laughs> at the very end, with the uncle. Shows up, Harry, drunk, dressed as Santa, in the middle of the night. How often do you think it happens where a drunk uncle shows up in the middle of the night dressed as Santa wanting to see the kids? (laughs) And the dad has to go, no, you can't, you can't. And the same thing that would happen to this movie, which is the kids get mad at the dad. Like, he's just trying to protect him from the, like, crazy drunk uncle. It's like, you asshole! He was trying to bring light into our lives. Like, you don't understand. Your uncle is a complicated man. It's 2 a.m. He shouldn't be doing this. We can't reinforce this. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, that movie was a delight. A- a- an A-plus movie. I'm saving my 1 to 13 rating, but I'll just tell you now. I, th- I thought the... Now the ending, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's getting chased. It's like a um he's in a van and he you know because he might kill people, he's made the choice to be inconspicuous by being dressed up as Santa with a sleigh painted on his van. Right. And then he like launches off a cliff or Something during the chase? Yeah, he he drives off a bridge because he's being chased. And then the movie enters some realm of magical realism <laughs> where the <laughs> this is what van I'm... starts to fly into the air. It made me think it was sort of like this movie was like a the ending of Taxi Driver meets the ending of Grease. <laughs> and like the car flies <laughs> off in the air. That's exactly right. But also Taxi Driver has that kind of like weird, like, are we, is this reality? Is this just in his mind now when he sees Sybil Shepherd again? Like, they married the, the best movies of 1978 and uh, 79. And then, uh, I, I have to tell you, this whole time I've been trying to make a jib-jab of me and no, you. the best movies of 78. Sorry. Uh, oh, my God, really? And it, to do a jib-jab now, you have to subscribe for $2 a month. Don't jib jab. Has it really gotten? <laughs> has it really gotten that bad? Oh, jib jab! Come on. Why would you um, do that, jib jab? You can't just do a one timer. No, and also, who's going to do a jib jab in August? <laughs> and uh, jib jab, your business plan, first taste for free, buddy. Yeah. Let us 
know what we could get and then we're like oh my god i love this i'm gonna do it every day of my life with my friends but i think i can watch it if i share the screen with you right now oh oh i see you just can't i can't email it to you yeah oh wait hold on i got oh sh- this is that was good just the little slice I sure right sam there. quit my recording too oh jesus uh, yeah. jib jab we got a clap sync again Three, two, oh. one. Oh, I got my work cut out for me all for you because of you, Jib Jab. God damn it. If you told me Jib Jab made my uh, my audio crash, I would have thought that was uh, December 2004. <laughs> but no, here so, we are. So I was doing all that Jib Jab while you were talking about the ending. It's just, is it is that his fantasy, like his death throw fantasy or does he really take off into the night like Rudolph I guess we'll never know that's the beauty of a movie like this it's ambiguous the ambiguity of that ending will that's why we'll keep coming back to Christmas Evil every year is that ending we want to see it again to understand that ending exactly Well, should we uh, talk best kill and sure. rating out of 13? Sure. Best kill. I guess I go with the toy soldier to the eye. That was mine. Okay. There it is. Ooh, reminds me, uh, if we want to see a, a movie that's deadly about, that doesn't have toy soldiers, but it's called Toy Soldiers. How awesome is the mo- movie Toy Soldiers, Gorley? I've, I've never seen it. Ooh, real good. You haven't? You've seen Home Alone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Home Alone. I just thought of it later as a Christmas movie that's really fun. That is a good And great. And, you know, has that Christmas heart. That's right. All right. So, to recap, Silent Night, Deadly Night, I gave it a 4.5. You gave it a 7.5. Jack Frost, I gave it a 1. You gave it a 3.5. What when you read Christ? my uh, just now, when you read my numbers back to me, it sounded like a, a principal like look talking over my permanent record. It was like <laughs> you you flooded the bathroom. <laughs> you put fish sticks in the vending machine. Two two examples. That's uh, enough. Young Paul. <laughs> Young Paul. What are we going to give this thing out of 13? Oh, uh, uh. For me? Yeah. Instead of an upside, it's going to be an upside down 999 number. And it's, well, it's, but one of those. Six. It's a six? Six. I think I'm a six as well. Wow. A solid six from both of us. Yeah. You can't refute that. Add them together, divide by two. That's an average of six, my friend. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, it's come to the time where we should read these names like we we promised. Yeah. In a a doo-wop voice like we promised. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let me share the screen. Also, um, maybe like college... Um, preparatory school acapella group, too. Can we clap sync again? Three, two, one. Okay. All right. So you can see this, right? Yeah. This is where we'll start. I'll start with that. 
Dip dip Tim Green. Go Garcia. Tracy McKee. Donald Smith. <laughs> we can't sustain this. Game. Well, those people got the joy and glory. Yeah, of we the won't. Two we won't punish you. Name. We'll just read your names for you. <laughs> that was funny though. <laughs> Patio Space Eater. Did you say that? Did you sing that? Nope. Oh. Uh, Neil Smith. DJ TJ Hooker and the Shat Tones. Oh, Jason Hall. Cousin Maybe. Marty Boy Bell Peppers. Laura Van Metra. Hey, you know I gotta say, Mike Park Loomis Schultz. I gotta follow that up with Anastasia Lizitza. Hey, hey, but don't forget about old Jess Hell Morrissey. And William Miles. Or Jim Bowser for that Bowser. matter. Bowser. Dip 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 dip. Adam Fowler. Gavin Hawk. I'll just do one more do up. Aaron Struts. Matthew Eichel. Pete. <laughs> Jim Key. Joseph Argiro. Rathakurt Chunhard. Love that name. Matt Loxley. Robin of Loxley. James. Asmus. Combustible Russell. Clinton Sanderson. Dave Clock. Stephen Lambden. A Content Oak. <laughs> Christopher Daniel. Kevin Albin. And then we'll go to the next page. This is the last page. Nice. Uh, down to the bottom. Perfect. Leslie Morehouse. Uh, I'm going to do it like a Don Pardo. For us <laughs> Me too. Scott Morin, Brian Skillman, Roy Martini, Jenny Lauren, Daniel Drake. Oh, who is that? Richard Nixon. Caleb Hall. Oh, Larry Longbottom. Ellis Merritt. I'll do it like Mr. Ed. Brian McCloskey. Justin Spriggan. Michael Smith. Daniel Branch. Kelly Bailey. Gabe Overman. Andrew McKenna. Kevin Horst. Harold Madden. Christian. Andrew Hedrick. Grayson Taylor. Anthony King. Sam Clement. Ian Bummeister. Scott Scheiblin. Joshua Ryan. Christopher Aurelio. Uh, Jonathan M. Strungus. Also, Matt, can I go back and sing... Um, Anthony King! You sure can. Hector, Hector Ale 212. Lee Mundy. Rolando Esparza. Peter Slavish. Sam. <laughs> Keith Campbell. Home stretch here. Cole Schneider. Jason Hatfield. Wow. Julie Pike. Daniel Martinez. Dylan Klein. Adam Wallace. Druby. Uh, Sophie, Sophie Schneider, Zach Williams, David, David, David Buseman, Justin Burke, Zach Gates, Art Santana, and wrapping it all up, let's say it together, Kent, Kent DC. DC. Thank you hey, all. Matt, 
Yeah, I wanted to say truly thanks uh, from me and Matt that uh, we, we uh, much appreciate. Very much appreciated. And again, if your name has not been read heretofore, email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and we'll make sure it gets read on the very next episode. And I'll bring the bag of potatoes. <sighs> That's all it takes. It's Christmas <laughs> Eve. Next week, we're going to have a bloody nose of a change in tone of movies. <laughs> The altitude of heights from That's right. high and to low, recording low stopped to high. Again. Let's uh, sync, clap. Sorry, three, two, one. Well, it's it's been a blast. It's gonna be a blast, and uh, we'll be back next week with um, uh, eyes wide shut. Everyone. Oh my gosh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to uh, watching and uh, talking about uh, old old Tommy and Nikki. As am I. Make sure to go to patreon.com and check out that draft episode with um, Matt Fraction and Mark McConville. Yeah, and it's a perfect uh, thing to to listen to uh, what with a winter draft sort of blowing through everybody's oh. homes right now. Jack draft. <laughs> Dude, I had so much jack draft going through <laughs> my house last night. The weatherman didn't let me have a heads up. Uh, Man, well, a house with two teenage boys has got a lot of jack draft in it. <laughs> like it's a, a wind like storm that's <laughs> built up from the... Well, Matt, a pleasure as always. Very much, and I'll see you next week, my friend. I'll see you next week when we have our eyes wide shut. Bye. Bye-bye. For more Gorley and Rust content... Head over to patreon.com slash with and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Mac Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Corley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candy.